0: Welcome in, guys. It is Brad with College Sports Cast, and we are a day late, but not a dollar short with our game day pickums. And we're going to be discussing Nick Saban and all that's going on with college football. So, hang with us. All right, man. Welcome back. What's up, Hammonds?
1: What's up, my man?
0: Man, I had a great night last night. I got to go to Rupp, set courtside, basically under the basket. Um, It's a girls game. We're going women's games here. Uh, But it was fantastic to be able to be there, to be courtside at Rupp. Um, I mean, Honestly, for this old dude right here, it's kind of a dream come true. So, um, it was, it was fun to do and forward to the next one. Um, I'm hoping to be able to finish this season out a home schedule. There's not, but six more home games, I think this year, something like that. Um, and you know, uh, being able to, uh, have you,
1: have, you, have you seen the new remodeled memorial gymnasium? Um, I have not. I, I haven't had, seen it. somebody had posted really- a picture of it, I think, on one of the message boards on Kentucky basketball.
0: Yeah.
1: It is, it's really nice. They have up they have upgraded the, the arena, the, the facilities, and it's a really nice place um that they they fixed to it. I don't, it's not done yet. It, no, It's, it's supposed done, to be done
0: towards the end of like before
1: the start. of next. But the things, the texture yeah. around it, just some of the things that they fixed on it. It's, it looks like a brand new facility to be honest. Cool.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm excited about covering the women. I've, I've been around girls and women's basketball basically all my life. I had a sister that was very good. Actually, a younger sister that was very good went to Mm -hmm. state. Uh, My younger sister did. Um, So we were a basketball family, but um, so I'm enjoying it. And I love being a part of Kentucky. And I just, you know, I'm very thankful. Cami Moore, I told you in person, I've told you in email, I've told you in text how much I appreciate the opportunity so i just want you to know if you ever watch the show you see this one i'm telling you on the show cami moore i appreciate it thank you so much for the opportunity so uh, with that said we are here to do our game day pickums. um john do you want to start with that or you want to start with all the saving news and and do all well, that we
1: can Let's just do the pickings first, and then we'll we'll kind of get into the K, the Kaelin DeBoer and uh, the whole Saban deal and and whatnot, and we can just go right into our picks real quick, and then we can talk a little bit about right. what's happening in the football world, which now, is wild. I got a few topics, by the way.
0: <laughs> I got a few topics which that is- we're gonna we're gonna get into for football stuff as well, mm-hmm. but um, we we will start. These are all Saturday games. I've got eight games games on the board for us to discuss and because we're doing these friday night instead of thursday night there are lines spreads on draft so mm-hmm. i have the the lines up there as well the spreads for each game so um the kentucky texas a&m game at mm-hmm. a&m a and is a one and a half point favorite. Just like a couple hours ago, when I
1: looked, um, it was. I think it, it was two when it started out. I think, and it, yeah. it's. I think it went down one. So, listen. You know, we're, we're big Kentucky fans, and and you know, a lot of times we're homers, and we're we're gonna we're gonna cheer for our team, and at the end of the day. We have to we have to take our fam phantom aside and just cover the game. Um, so I, I'm gonna say it from this angle with uh with this game. Wade Taylor is not gonna have back to back games where he struggles. Um, he's just not going to. He's too good of a guard. He, he he's a great player. Um, you know, they got Tyrese Radford. Everybody Everybody
0: steps up, John, when they play Kentucky.
1: <laughs> That's true. and you know they the biggest thing with AM I think is they're missing Julian Marble in the middle. Um, I think he's a big piece for them. Um, I will say this, Kentucky better be able be ready to strap the boots up because is going to put some D on them. Um, this might be the first test defensively that Kentucky's faced all season long. Um, can these young cats, figure it out on the road yet again like they did last week against Florida. That's the big question. Um can they go into Reed Arena? There's two things that AM there's two things that AM does really well. That's pressure
0: defense mm-hmm. defensively and they can rebound the ball really, really well. well offensive rebound the reason the, the reasoning
1: for the offensive rebounds because they don't shoot very they don't shoot the ball very well. So I'm going to tell you, as much as I want to pick A&M, this ain't your normal Kentucky freshman. Um, Until they prove me wrong and until they give me a reason not to trust them, um, I'm taking the cats on the road um, at Reed Arena. Now, there's a lot of people say, well, this is the game that I thought they would lose. No, the game that I think most likely coming up is the Auburn game? I think the Auburn game is 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 more closer to to losing than this one because you know going to the jungles is tough. Yeah, I, I agree um, with that. Now, I mean, this is a this is a going tough going place to too. To
0: play. It is. It's but, a tough place to but, play. We've, we've but here's the playing. thing:
1: when your back's against the wall, you got one or two options. You can lay down and quit, or you can come out with some energy and fire, and, and and some momentum, and do some things that you haven't done recently. And that's that's basically where Texas A&M is at. Their backs are against the wall right now because they're 0-2 in conference play, a loss tomorrow, and they're 0-3 in conference. And most likely, takes them out of the running for the SEC title regular season, um, well, unless yeah. they go on a big run, you know. Let's so. be
0: honest. Let's be honest, John. am has got more issues than worrying about an SEC title. They do. I agree. Um there's not A M needs to be worried about like
1: getting uh, eligible for the NCAA tournament. First I agree first. with you. I think tomorrow is a crucial game. I'll, I'll say that from their end. Tomorrow is a crucial game for them. I don't think it's crucial for Kentucky because Kentucky is they're they're playing really well right now. A and M no, is but, it AM is in and back to the wall mode. They and are well, gonna sometimes that's sometimes pretty dangerous. It is. It's a dangerous combination.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, because they do have talent. Wade they do. Taylor, Wade Taylor is one of the best guards in the in the SEC. I mean well, and,
1: and you gotta remember they got Tyrese Radford from um Virginia Tech. Um that transferred from there. He's a really yeah. good and if I'm not mistaken, I think he played for Buzz at Virginia Tech back back in the day. So yeah. Um this is a, a must-win game for AM. I think they gotta win it. They gotta have it. But until I until I don't trust what Kentucky does on the road, you know, man, last week against Florida, they was down 13 points. And they just grinded, grinded, grinded the whole second half. And I they just made impressed.
0: I was pretty that, impressed. By that's where freshmen, that's where I'm play.
1: getting this from. Yeah. A, a bunch of freshmen go on the road. And they grind out a win in a hostile environment, the Odom. That's yeah. huge. And that's why I think they yeah, win I mean, tomorrow. I'm
0: with you on this. Like, so here's my deal. I will say this as a Kentucky fan and as an analysis here, I am worried about the three spot and the five spot on this Kentucky team. The three spot. The last two three games, Adu Thierro has been out. He has not been playing.
1: Well, he he's a more physical kind of guard that can handle this kind of game.
0: And and Edwards, Justin Edwards, just hasn't come on yet. And we are fourteen games into the season. This will be the fifteenth game. And I'll be honest with you, John. I'm beginning to worry about that position. We're getting very little. The last two games, Justin Edwards has scored six and four points, and we are getting very, very, very little out of the three spot. Okay. okay? Oh, I, I'm, I'm, not den- I'm, not den- I'm not
1: denying it. I'm not denying it.
0: I will give you that we have four really, really good guards, okay, mm-hmm. in Wagner and Reeves. And Dillingham and Shepard, okay? But they're not Mm. always on, not all four of
1: them. No.
0: The other night, the other night, it was Dillingham and Wagner. Reeves was kind of off, Shepard was kind of off.
1: I will say this I will say this about Justin Edwards. If it ever clicks for him, this Kentucky team can go pretty deep. And, And the five
0: spot. I will give Bradshaw a little bit of credit. He scored 10 points and about six rebounds the last two games. He -hmm. came on late and actually helped us win the Florida game on the road.
1: But before that, he was doing nothing and looked awful. Okay. Well, and two, a dude zero, when it comes to this kind of game, this is the kind of game that it benefits him because he's a physical guard. He's a guy that can, that can, they can go back and forth with for AM And the way they're. they're Listen, best. I agree with you.
0: If it was me now, and I'm just, I, I'm, I'm putting this out there. I think this team is going to need something from the three spot going up against some of these better teams across the country.
1: I'm going to say no this. i no
0: worry about this. I'll team say so. this,
1: and we'll, we'll move on to the next game. But if Kentucky can go on the road tomorrow and beat AM in a hostile environment like they did against Florida, there's going to be a lot of people saying this Kentucky team's legit because a lot of freshmen don't go yeah. into hostile I mean, environments and win. I back to agree with game. you.
0: I am picking Kentucky to win in this game as well. I think – AM has played and the way Kentucky has played. I think Kentucky should go there and win. It will be a very tight, close, tough game. They will play great defense. Well, and the, ref- not, and, and the and the officiating will,
1: will be will be t- tough.
0: Probably lean towards them. It's all it's that way in the SEC. It's just well, and it's not going.
1: just that, it's the physical play. The referees will be it'll be close to the vest.
0: Yeah, you know, and you know, I expect that in the SEC. And here's the deal: I think Kentucky and these guys and these players, with their with the way they have played, can pull this game out. And that's where I that's where I'll leave it. But for the future references, I think this team is going to need some play from the three spot. You play against Dalton Connect, you know. And and I think you're going to need to match some stuff out of the three spot. I really do.
1: Especially on the road against some of the better teams in the SEC. I
0: mean, I'm just saying, down the road, that's going to be an Achilles heel of this team if it doesn't get fixed. And Everybody knows who I'm really rooting for. So... (laughs) But I'm just saying, as an analysis, that's my analysis. All right. So, again, these are all Saturday games. We got Oklahoma at Kansas. Kansas is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. And coming off of a loss um, to UCF. Actually, it was UCF's very first Big 12 win.
1: I want to tell you. The last few games, Kansas has not looked like Kansas. You know, they they struggled against TCU. Um, they and everybody knows they got a controversial call at the end of the game that, that kind of went Kansas's way in the fog. Um, then they went on the road. Like, if I'm not mistaken, they was up double digits at UCF and UCF come back more. So in the first
0: half. They were up at like eight at halftime.
1: Bill Self is a hall of fame coach and he is not going to let back-to-back games where they played like this, um, enter into this game. Um, you know, I love JV on McCollum for Oklahoma, but I think that Dewan Harris is going to, is going to put some, um, D on him tomorrow. I think Kansas wins in the fog tomorrow. Um, Kansas ain't going to play bad like this back to back. Um, they're just too good. They got too many great players. Um, the McCuller is playing pretty good. Um, Hunter Dickinson is. Um, Dewan Harris, I think, needs to step up a little bit. Um, they got a really good team. Timberlake, you got Timberlake out there that's playing better lately. Um, I think he's the Towson transfer. So, um, they got a really good team. The biggest issue with Kansas going forward, though, is they're, um, they don't have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot. If one of them gets in foul trouble, where do they go to? And my biggest thing with Kansas is is if Hunter Dickinson is your best three-point shooter, that's a problem, Um, especially in the NCAA tournament. Um, you you got to have some other options to go to. But I think Kansas wins this game. I think they cover the Um, five-and-a-half. I'll be honest with you, Oklahoma probably runs into a buzzsaw tomorrow. In the fog.
0: Yeah, I mean, with Kansas coming off of this loss, it's hard for me to imagine that they're going to lose two in a row, especially this one being at home.
1: Well, they you beat know, TCU. The they did beat TCU, but there were there was spurts in there where they didn't play as good. Well, yeah, but they lost be, their last
0: game against UCF.
1: Well, and to be week. fair, in that TCU game, TCU was shooting. Eighty something percent, seventy something percent from the field too. So it was, it was a, it was an anomaly. Yeah. Like a lot of teams, it's they can shoot like that, that.
0: Kansas is going to lose two in a row here. Yeah, it, um, I don't see it. Happening. I don't see it happening this week. The five and a half points. The five and a half points. Oklahoma, Oklahoma's
1: played really, really well. And Porter so Moser, to,
0: you know this season. Um, I people think don't know tenth this week.
1: Porter Moser was a good coach. You know he. He coached Loyola Chicago, took them to the Final Four in that great run with Sister Jean. If you remember Sister Jean, she was the talk of the tournament. So he gets them to play hard. You know they play good defense. Yeah. Um, I think they're just they're, they're running into a, a problem tomorrow with Kansas because Kansas ain't going to lose two straight. Yeah, I
0: my 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 thing here is the five and a half points. I'm debating whether they cover or whether they don't. I mean that's kind of my that's kind of my thing here um coming off the loss, I am gonna pick them to cover this at home though I think
1: yeah I, I I agree with you All
0: right, so here we got another Houston who is also coming off of their first loss. what a wild week, right. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of these teams. I mean, you know, we hope that Kentucky don't follow suit and lose because a lot well, of the top teams and stuff has lost. Houston.
1: Claim another lost. victim. There'll be another lost. victim. There'll be another victim claimed on Saturday.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so they're a five and a half point favorite at TCU. And we just talked about how TCU played Kansas. So what do you think in this
1: game? Man, um, TCU. Well, we watched them last week. They almost beat Kansas on the road. Um, They played really well, shot the ball really well. Um, Houston did not look good at all against um, Iowa State. And not many many teams do, especially um, at Hilton Coliseum, a.k.a. Hilton Magic. Um, Some crazy stuff happens at that arena. Um, every team that goes into there in the big 12, we've seen it over and over and over. Kansas is winning there and lost Baylor's winning there and lost. It's just, it's a, it's an incredible environment. Um, you know, this is an opportunity for Houston to bounce back and get a win. Um, but I will say this, this won't be an easy game in terms of, um, where they was at against Iowa state. Houston's going to find out. Road in the Big Twelve is not an easy thing. Compared, it's not to going to be an easy. Houston, Houston's not used to
0: playing in the Big Twelve like
1: this. No, they're not, and and, and they're used to playing the AAC with Memphis and, and, yeah. and some of the others. Wichita State. This is a different yeah, animal. This is a when you, when big, you move, big step up. It's a big step up for Houston, but I think Houston covers this game. Um, I think they got the guards to win this game. Um, TCU is really good, though, at home. They, they've, they've won some big games there, too, with Jamie Dixon.
0: They are. And that makes me think the five and a half points that I'm going to take TCU and take the five and a half points in this game because they play really, really well at home. And Houston seems to struggle a, a little bit more on the road, like scoring. Like if they have fifty or sixty points in this game, it'll probably be a lot. Oh, um, and I
1: want to be honest with you, they got a really good player, Emmanuel gonna, Miller. I, um, TCU's got a good team. They got Emmanuel Miller, um, you know, Micah Peavy in the middle. Uh, he's yeah. a solid role player for Houston the. He's an absolute
0: beast of a defensive team. Okay, and and, 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 their and
1: uh-huh. Yeah.
0: And I think it's going to be a um, close game. I just don't see it well, being. Got, a- you
1: got to think here. Tennyson, he's a he's new with TCU. He's a transfer from uh Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Um I think didn't they go to yeah. the tournament last year? Um yeah, that's right. And um so they got a really good team. Um this won't be yeah. no cakewalk for Houston um tomorrow night. Houston's going to have to play their game to win this game. I will say this. I'm going to finish on
0: this. So if you guys don't know how to defend the pick and roll, watch Houston. The way they do it, it's to the T. Watch Houston. To the T, really. How they defend the pick and roll. You know how teams nowadays are like, Calling the big man to come out on the point guard, and and setting that Houston teams don't do that against Houston because Houston is eating them alive on defense mm-hmm. the way they are defending the pick and roll. <clears throat> yep. Just Michael Peavy.
1: Michael Peavy's really good too, though. Oh man, he's good.
0: They're eating people alive. I'm telling you. Yeah. Just, just. The way they're doing it is is textbook i'm telling you. so all right the next game we're going to talk about and this one was kind of hard for me to put on there i'm just going to be honest <laughs> with you guys it's saint john's and creighton and john i'm gonna let you mostly have this one okay creighton is a seven and a half point favorite and i think you know why i'm saying this so yeah, because
1: of Rick Pitino, I know. Yep. Uh, yeah. Listen. You just don't know, John. St. John's. You want to know how crazy this season is right now? St. John's and – Had zero players after
0: he was hired, by the way.
1: They Saint all left. St. John's and Seton Hall is tied for first in the Big East – and UConn is behind them. Now, talk about a crazy season in college football. UConn, the or UConn, Saint John's press is about as good as anybody I've ever seen. They got a really fun team. They get after I the best. That's Patino. Listen, that's the way. a good way coach. Concession, played that way he's at Kentucky. Played that way at be quite honest. Played that way at Iona. So he's I always just, got a
0: team that that, that press. I just despise the human
1: being that he became, but. Creighton, on the other side, um, Ryan Cockbrenner is really good. Um, you know, you got the play, Baylor Shireman, might be one of the best shooters in the Big East. When Creighton is playing their game and when they're doing the things that they do well, Creighton's hard to beat at home. And, man, I, I hate to go against St. John's because, you know, they're a really fun team to watch. But the Big East is going to eat each other alive this year. That might be the best league next to the Big 12, Big 12 um, in and college Big basketball. East.
0: Yeah, it might be. Um,
1: every night on the road is going to be a beast. Every night on the road is going to be a tough tussle. Um, but i am got Creighton in this game. But I do think St. John's covers the, the seven and a half. Um, Creighton has little spurts where they don't look great at all, and then they look like they're unstoppable. Um, you just don't know what you're going to get with this Creighton team. It just – it varies from game to game. I'm going to be honest
0: with you guys on this one, okay? This one for me, I just simply can't go one way, okay? I just can't. I'm going Creighton all day long. I don't care. I I, I just – I can't do it. I am on record saying that that man should not be coaching college kids anymore, Period. Zero, nada. If he wants to go to the pros and do and let happen some of the things that he let happen and go to the pros with grown ass men and do that, that is fine. But I'm going to tell you guys right now there is no son of mine that's going to go play for that man. There's no 18, 19 year old kid of mine that's going to go play for that man. That's just how I feel about
1: it. You've given us your, even in the past, you've given me your opinion on it. It's, I'm telling you, there's no son of
0: mine that's going to go play for that man.
1: On to the next one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, guys, I have some strong feelings on that one. All right. This one also includes includes a Patino, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, we got San Diego State at New Mexico. New Mexico is a two-point favorite at home. Yeah. And this one includes his son, Richard
1: Patino, yeah. as the head coach of New Mexico. I want to tell you something. This might be the most underrated league in college basketball. Um, you got Nevada, you got New Mexico. You got San Diego State. You got Utah State. Um, you even got Boise State playing really well right now. And even on some off nights, San Jose State is a really good team to watch play in the Mountain West. Um, the Aztecs this year, to me, they're better offensively than they were a year ago. They got Laday, Jaden Lede, Lede. Um, He's got a lot of offensive production. Brian Dutcher's team isn't quite as good defensively as they were a year ago but they are very good on that end of the floor. Um, This game will be played in the pit, Um, and I think New Mexico's dropped the two of their last three games. Um,
0: Yeah, they were doing great, and then the league started. I think New Mexico
1: will battle this game, but I think San Diego State's experience and the way they play on defense is going to grind grind out a road win here. Um, But I will say this. The pit is a really hard place to play. The fans are right on top of you. Um, And and listen, New Mexico's got some really great guards. Jalen House is really good. Jamal Mashburn. And if you've never heard of Donovan Dent, I I, I suggest you turn in to 2 o'clock on tomorrow afternoon on CBS and watch this kid play basketball. He's an absolute treat to watch play basketball. He is one of the best players in the Mountain West, I think, that don't get no love whatsoever in the national media.
0: But I'm going to tell you, John, they they folded at the end of the season last year, and then the beginning of the Mountain West this year they're struggling again, and mm-hmm. I you know, I I'm beginning to wonder is this going to be a carryover from what happened at the last 6-8 well, games last
1: year? I said I said this in a space couple of nights ago about New Mexico. They have too many guys trying to play hero ball. Um, they try to do too much one-on-one stuff, and that's not going to work against San Diego State because they're going to get in the passing lanes. They're going to force turnovers. They're going to make plays in the defensive end, and they're going to get out and run and do what they do, especially offensively with Ladee and with um, Donovan Dent and the team that they got. This is a really good San Diego State team, and And what many don't realize, this same San Diego State team went to the national championship last year. Brian Dutcher is one of the most underrated coaches in college basketball.
0: He's really a player. player. Keyshaw Johnson's playing at Arizona.
1: Yeah, Arizona transfer. Yeah. Um, So this is a really good fun team to watch. But, okay. Over, overall, though, the Mountain okay. West is fun to watch, period.
0: Is a, is a fantastic, fantastic place to watch a ball game. I really like – listen, Jamal Mashburn was one of my favorite players, still is one of my favorite players of all time, and his son is out there. I really would like to see them make a run in the
1: tournament. They missed it last year by well, playing. Well, it seems farther. like they get they get really close and then they just fall apart when the season. I know. Begins. And then they started well, and
0: now they're you know kind of reeling again. They get the, they get this game at home. This is a game they must win. I am well gonna, for me, I'm going to ride with the Lobos here, at two points, at home, in a tough game here. All right, I'm going to ride with the Lobos.
1: I'm riding with the Aztecs.
0: Okay, I'm gonna go San Diego over. State.
1: Go San Diego State. Good
0: one, baby. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all
1: right.
0: This one we got Syracuse at UNC. UNC is a 13-point favorite, but Syracuse mm-hmm. is like 11 and four, 11 and three, something like that on mm-hmm. the season. They have been playing a lot. Better um, under the new coach
1: Autry. So here, you know, here's what, what think? I think. Here's what I think. North Carolina um, might be the best team in the ACC. You know, they've looked like it over the last month. They're ranked tenth in Ken Palm, ninth in the NCAA in that rankings. Um, they're coming off a big road win last week against, uh, or actually Wednesday against NC State to win their fifth straight game um you North Carolina had lost two straight to Yukon and get get away from home um before those um and you know what they're doing they're winning with defense who would have ever thought that they're winning these games with defense North Carolina's primarily a up and down pace team but they're winning games with defense um RJ Davis, might be one of the best players in the country. Harrison Ingram is playing really well. Um, Baycock is a grill big piece in the middle. Um, but I'm going to tell you something, Josh. I'm this at is a you lot mean. of points, um, for me to lay against a very solid Syracuse team. Um, it is a lot of points to lay. I think Aut- it is too. Autry's really he's brought that Syracuse team, um to the forefront, and they're playing really good basketball right now. Now, they haven't really played stiff competition, but they're going to step up a notch tomorrow when they go to North Carolina. Um, This is a talented Syracuse team. Um, They got a very good player in Judah Mintz. um, I think this is going to be similar to the Florida State game that um, North Carolina had uh, just recently, where they won as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite where they won by eight, I believe. Um, North Carolina is tough to beat at home. But I do think that Syracuse covers this game. This is a better Syracuse team. Now, I'm not saying they're going to make the tournament, whatnot like that, but um, he's building a culture there. He's doing some good things. Autry, um, if you don't remember who he was, he played on the teams with um, Lawrence Moulton that played in Syracuse in the early 90s. They had some really good teams. Yeah, Um, they did. Absolutely. Um, Jackson was on that team, too. They had a really good team. They almost beat Arkansas back in early in the 90s. I think it was the 94 um, tournament. They got beat on the last, I think it was a technical or something, early in the second round. But um, he's building a culture there, and they got a good team. But it's just not going to be enough tomorrow to beat North Carolina.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in this one, John, I think North Carolina is probably clearly the better team here I do think the 13 points is a little scary on this one. Um, but R.J. Davis is playing out of his mind. He um, is. And, you know, North Carolina is looking really good, to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I, I'm I going to – If you
1: go by the – if you really go by the I test, which we don't go by the I test, we go by metrics now. But if you go by I test, North Carolina might be your best team in the country right now. That's playing the best. They
0: are playing really well right now. And I never thought, honestly, after the way they looked and played last year, I'll be honest with you. At the end of the season last year, I thought uh, Davis was done. I thought Coach was done. Like, I I did. I I really
1: thought. To be fair, I think there was a a mixture there with KO Love and RJ Davis that just did not click. And I think it, it was better for both parties where Caleb Love is now in Arizona and RJ Davis came back to North Carolina. I think it was best for both parties. And I think both of them were benefiting from where they, they went um, and transferring to.
0: I'm laughing at Josh Hart. That's who I'm laughing at. (laughs) He's, he's putting comments in. I'm laughing at him. Uh, But I think I'm going to go North Carolina in this one. Like, they've they've been playing really, really well. So, all right. The next one we're going to talk about is Cincinnati at Baylor. Cincinnati has started out in the Big 12 and and won a game or two. Beat BYU on the road.
1: Shooting beat Texas.
0: Huh? They
1: should have beat Texas.
0: Should have beat Texas. They were right there. Should have beat Texas. Like, um, so Cincinnati has been playing – some pretty good ball. Um, I watched the BYU game. I watched a little bit of the Texas game. What do you think about this one, John Baylor's a six and a half point favorite at home?
1: I don't, I don't like this game for, for a lot of reasons because Baylor is really good at guard play. Um, and Cincinnati is to me is not as good up front as Baylor is in the guard position. Um, you know playing at Baylor might be one of the hardest places to play in college basketball um it's it's a a grind man going to Baylor and having to win on the road um there's very few teams that went to Baylor and won on the road in the big 12. very few um and if if my numbers correct me right Kansas might have been one of them I can't remember but um, it's a very tough environment to play in. Um which Cincinnati's doing a lot better this year. Um and you know they're they got a really good team. I mean they beat who was it they beat a couple Saturdays ago. I, I can't remember. Was it uh um was it BYU? Is it what you said? They um, come back, they were down at halftime and come back at Provo. Yeah, yeah. it was BYU. That's that's who they beat. Um, yeah. so yeah, I don't like, um, Cincinnati on the road here. Um, I just don't. It's a, um, tough to a tough place to play. Provo is a tough place to play. It is. It is. Well, and Cincinnati's got a couple of great players. They got Day Day Thomas at guard. He's a really good player. Um, and they got a guy by the name of Jizzle James. If you've never heard of Jizzle James, you need to watch him play, man. Um, he's Edron James's son. Former Indianapolis coach running back. Um, he's a really good basketball player. Um, he took yes. over that BYU game. Um, he's a really yep. good fun player to watch.
0: I mean, here I think I'm gonna go Baylor, but I have watched Cincinnati a couple times, and I, I'll be honest with you, like they they they're better than what I think people are going to give them credit for. I agree with you. Josh, (laughs) I don't get butthurt. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I just win, that's all. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, me, I'm sorry. All right,
1: we get on track and here, Bush.
0: This is the eighth and last one. These are all Saturday games. Tennessee plays at Georgia. Tennessee is also coming off of a loss here earlier this week. They and are. They are. They're a seven-point favorite, and I don't know if too many people realize this, but Georgia is twelve and three. They're they've started two and zero oh in the SEC.
1: I'm going to say this, um, this might be the loudest. Mike Mike, White's got them playing some ball. This might be the loudest Stegman Coliseum has been in over five or six years come Saturday afternoon. Um, You know, my biggest thing with Tennessee is they're not a real good efficient shooting team. They're only shooting 43% and 33% from deep. Um, This is ideal for Georgia because they have a really good defense. I think they're holding opponents to 39%. Um, that's one of the best when it comes to defending the three. Um, and each of the four losses that Tennessee has had um, have been by four more points. And every time they stepped up in competition, they've lost. Purdue, Kansas, North Carolina, um, they lost to a really good Mississippi State team that plays really good defense. Um and Georgia has won ten in a row. For those that don't know, um, Mike White might be my SEC Coach of the Year. Um, they're twelve and three. They're a really good team to watch. They are. Um, they're, they're fun to watch, and, and they play to their style. Um, the way they play basketball, they're 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 not they're not going to overpower you, but they're just going to play street ball. They're going to play in your face defense. Um, Noah Thom- he's, got, Thomason. he's got some really good guards, a couple of he really does. good guards. No, Noah Thomason is really, really good for Georgia. Um, my biggest thing in this matchup is Dalton Connect. Um, he's going to have to step up in this game. Josiah Jordan James has not played good at all, right, Lisa? Well, see, I don't
0: know how much more Dalton Connect can step
1: up. I mean, that's the thing.
0: He had like twenty-seven or thirty or something the other night, and they still different
1: because they can't get production elsewhere. Here's the difference between Tennessee at home and Tennessee on the road. When Tennessee's at home, they can't miss. When Tennessee's on the road, they struggle to get to fifty points. That's because It's a Rick Barnes. It's a Rick Barnes style team. Rims are bigger. Yeah. (laughs) Listen. They cheat until Tennessee (laughs) can prove to me. I'm kidding. They can make it past the Sweet Sixteen round of 32. I just don't trust this team. I don't trust this team to win six games or five games to get to the Final Four with the offense that they got. One man cannot do it all night long. Dalton Connect cannot do it itself. There has to be other guys that step up to make plays for him. Tennessee stretches the rims, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right,
0: I'm just messing, just messing, y'all, just messing. All right, this game, Tennessee's coming off of a tough loss at Mississippi State. Mississippi State was starting Tolo Smith for the very first time. This year, he had been back a few games, but now he was in the starting lineup. He played the most minutes he had played all year, coming off of it, coming back from an injury, and they won at home in a big game. So, you know, Tennessee, that's their fourth loss.
1: I think that was their fourth loss. I think it was fourth, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know they're in a tough spot. You know this is a game they need to go to Georgia and win. Seven points seems like seems like quite a bit. And I will agree with you; they don't
1: shoot the ball well on the road. And well, my- the biggest thing—the biggest I'm thing not- I have with I, Tennessee right. is they go through a lot. They go through a lot of droughts offensively, and they that do. happens in the NCAA tournament. You'll be out. So they do, you know.
0: Yeah, Josh, I'm telling you, a bunch of cheaters. <laughs> I'm just messing Tennessee ball fans, just messing with you. We are yeah, right. You'll,
1: you'll be all over Twitter if you don't. <laughs> I Vol Twitter is real, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm just messing with Vol. We are rivals, okay? Just messing okay. with you. That's all. <laughs> all right. With that said, that concludes what the games we're going to cover on in college basketball. But there was some very, very, very big news that come out Wednesday afternoon about 2 o'clock, 2.30 Central Time. Um, The legend of Nick Saban retired from Alabama as the head coach.
1: And, And, and you know, what's so impressive about him?
0: I lived in Alabama for a while. I have some really good friends that are Bama fans, and I have some really good friends that are Auburn fans. And Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest with you. I had the Bama fans that were almost in tears, that were friends that are almost in tears. And then Auburn fans, they literally rolled Toomer's Corner.
1: Yeah. That one challenge, if, t- if that's your team, <laughs> see, here's the thing that you know, Saban, he has nine 292 wins, that's the most among actual coaches. I really wow. thought he
0: would go to 300, I thought for sure he was coming back for one. And what many people don't
1: realize get 300 is he won, he won a MAC championship with Toledo, yeah, in, yeah, in, 19- in 1990. Um, yep. then he went on to Michigan State. For, from 95 to 99. He went to LSU, won a championship there. For, um, he was there from 2000 to 2004. He coached he one
0: year at Toledo and left and went to the Cleveland Browns with.
1: Yeah, he went to the Belichick, Cleveland Browns, yeah.
0: With Billichick.
1: And he also coached four Heisman Trophy winners Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, Devontae Smith, and Bryce Young. If that ain't impressive, ladies and gentlemen, that should tell you that. Not many people get to do that.
0: Let me tell you let me tell you a couple of stats about Nick Saban at Alabama, okay? In 17 years at Alabama there's only two teams that had more than two wins against him in 17 years two. That's it, guys. Auburn has five and LSU had five. Nobody else had more than two. And I'm going to give you another stat. The man coached over 230 ball games as the Alabama head coach. He only had 29 losses. 29 losses in 17
1: years. You want to know another stat that will blow you, mind? Alabama has had at least one first-round pick in 15 straight drafts. He's had multiple first-rounders in 12 of those years. I'm going to tell you another stat
0: about Saban and Alabama, okay? He coached 17 years. Do you know that in 15 of those 17 years, and his first year, he went seven and six, okay, with a bad team building him up. In 15 of those 17 years, at some point in the season, every year, Alabama was ranked number one in the country.
1: Every year, you know, and 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 a, and a reason why I feel like saving retired, and it's been off, often told as of recent, was because of the NIL and the evolving change of college football. Um, he said the way it's being ran now is completely different than it was when when he was coaching Michigan State, LSU, and those teams when he um, started out early on in his career. Um, it's a different it's a different ball game now. Um, with the NIL, with with everything that's happening, um. So, but what he's done, he's redefined the sport. Um, you know, every person that's been on his staff has tried to emulate him. That's went on to other jobs. Like we can name them off one by one: Dabo Sweeney, uh, Lane Kiffin. Um. There's a, there's a few others I'm not mentioning. Clark, Clark, Clark's doing Stark it. Jimbo tried to do it. And and they're just not going yeah. to be able to emu, emulate what Nick Saban has done in Alabama because it, it's impossible. Well, let
0: me, but let me give y'all another caveat here about Nick Saban that I want to put in here. Man, he is such a great human being. He is. As well. He is. Like, the stuff, like, he, he he, truly cares about his guys. And he is such, and, and Miss Terry, if you guys don't know some stories about Miss Terry, Miss Terry is his wife, 50 some odd years. And, mm-hmm. like, they together are, I mean, just immaculate, immaculate people. I, I, plain and
1: simple. Quick question, quick stat, another stat before we get on to something else here. Saban shoes is going to be hard to fill. And we've seen that, you know, with the hiring today of Kalen DeBoer, the former Washington coach. We're going to get to We'll get that. I think he did we'll that job. That job. Yeah. But here's a stat that really makes you think, man, Saban took over the, the whole college football world. Nine of the 68 coaches in power conference football are members of the Saban coaching tree.
0: Yep.
1: End Absolutely.
0: of discussion.
1: Absolutely. End of I mean and and he, on, on top Saban, of that. Saban not only that
0: talking about what he done, but Saban actually
1: saved coaches' careers. Look and at Saban. Here's Sar- at and eight other former Saban assistants have been power conference coaches. Yeah. by like head coaches. Yeah. I mean, what – he's revolution – he revolutionized the game. I mean, if it wasn't yeah. for I mean, Sabin- he, he made it. He made it to the point where you cannot outdo him. You have to – I
0: don't know how to say it. I mean, if it wasn't for to- Saban, John, we wouldn't have college football
1: playoffs. We wouldn't.
0: I no, I really I'm not don't. saying
1: you. What I'm trying to say is you don't. You you can't follow in his footsteps, but you can do like some of these other coaches have done, like Lane Kiffin, and um, you know Dabo Sweeney, Jim McElwain, all these guys that have went on to coach. For say, you know, they can use some of what Saban's done and, and infiltrate that into their programs. And I think that's what they're doing with these coaches. I think that's what all these coaches are doing. So, I just but it's want never to say, going to, but it's never going to be emulated like Nick Saban himself. Man, that's what I'm I, trying I, to. Say. This is coming from
0: from an absolute diehard Kentucky fan all my life, bleed blue. Okay, but I did live in Alabama for five and a half six years, and. I saw up close and personal just how he ran his program. What kind of what kind of man he was. What kind of human being he was. Um you know, on top of all the stuff about his coaching mm-hmm. and from me from the bottom my heart and soul and competitive spirit. Man, I'm going to miss Nick
1: Saban being in the game. I'm going to miss him roaming the sidelines, I can tell you. His little antics and his screaming and pulling his headphones off. Now, man, that I'm, I'm going to miss Nick Saban
0: being in the game. I am too, everybody. man.
1: That leaves us to our next
0: topic. Yeah, Our next one, of course, is Kalen DeVore. Okay? Now, I want you guys to look at Caitlin Depore's week, okay, like four nights ago, he was playing
1: <laughs> Michigan for a national game. championship.
0: On the on, you know, for the national championship game, mm-hmm. and I don't think there was anybody in the country that thought three and a half days later he's going to be the head coach of Alabama.
1: You like, know what's so impressive about De DeBoer? His record? So, <laughs> yeah. okay, He's, he really started from the bottom. Like, we're talking bottom. He coached to NA, NAIA school. He started from there. Yep. He went to Southern Illinois, Eastern Michigan. He was at Fresno State as a coordinator. And wh- where he really became known – was when he was in Indiana, when he developed Michael Penix Jr. And he eventually went to Washington and he had Michael Penix Jr. as his quarterback. The um, board took the Fresno state job, I think, but he was hired away by Washington. What was it? Two years later, I think, I think it was.
0: Year and a half, two years later. Yeah. He was there at, at, at Washington, Fresno state. At Washington, was these, easy, these
1: are stats that I just pulled up at Washington. The huskies with him at the Helm was 25 and 25 three. and three.
0: Twenty-five and three. He coached, he he was an interim coach and coached half a season in the and took over at Fresno in the middle of the season.
1: And you know what I love about year, he went
0: 10 and 3 with Fresno and won a bowl game. And I'm gonna say this, guys. Do you realize that the entire time he's he's been a head coach nine years? DeBoer has okay. Yeah. He's a hundred and five and twelve in those nine years. That's his record, guys. He has only one time in his coaching career has he not won eleven games in nine seasons.
1: Eleven, and I'm going to tell you something. Um, he the biggest thing with Calvin DeBoer. I like that a lot of people have not really Listen, paid attention I've been, to I've been
0: screaming Caitlin DeBoer all season long on this show. I've been his, talking about his, his, his how flexibility, great
1: of a coach he was. it's his flexibility, the way he handles certain personnel. You know, he had Darius Jackson, was it Darius Jackson? Um, yeah, and Shaq Van at Eastern Michigan. Like, those were some really good, talented players that he coached. And now he's going to get the opportunity to coach a top ten Heisman vote getter in Jalen Milrow. And it's going to be fascinating to see how he how he you know coaches the quarterbacks and, Listen, and gets them I to play think, together. And
0: I think it's an absolute they knocked it out of the park here on this hire. There were some rumors, of course, um about Dan Lanning. I think K- Kaelin DeBoer is a. I would. I would pick Kaelin DeBoer over Dan Lanning all day, every day. I swear, I would. Um, he. He's. He's beating three times in the last two years. Kaelin DeBoer has beat Dan Lanning.
1: Um. I. I, I mean. I would. What take I love him. about him. What I love about him is he's just a winner. He's won everywhere he's went. Um. He's won every place coached. I mean, you know, he went from. There six, were some five, rumors
0: last night that they were going <laughs> to offer the job to Tommy Reese, and I'm sorry, I laughed and I said there is no way in hell that's happening. I also heard some rumors. Somebody told me a couple nights ago they're going to uh, they're they're going after Jimbo Fisher, and I laughed and I said you guys have lost your
1: mind. <laughs> like, well, and the know, thing is, he he went from see. see I can't I can't say it. CX Falls, um, the NAI school. I can't say it. I'll yeah, it yeah. CX, well. CX, CX he CX went Falls. from there to Bloomington and to Seattle and now back to Alabama. The biggest thing with with Kalen Devore, I think, going forward, is his adjustment. How he's going to recruit in the SEC. It's a different animal compared to the Pac um, twelve. Yeah, when be you're a,
0: coming off, but when you're coming off a national championship game experience, you
1: know. Yeah, experience. it changes things. I agree with you.
0: You know what I mean, and then all of a sudden you're you're but the what, head coach but what I was Alabama. getting at
1: what People I was getting at like, though the okay, level this guy's the level it. of talent the level of talent is different from Pac 12 to SEC games. You're going up against better coaches, better players. It's going to be a different we all outfit. Agree with that. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, it is. But I but I think but I'm gonna it's tell you hire. I think it's a great fit for Alabama. I think what they're doing is, is the great thing. Um, it's a big fit for for Milro for the players that are that do come back and the players that probably most likely get in the transfer portal. Um, I, I think I saw one earlier today where Isaiah Bond um, had got into the portal. and Isaiah and Bond he, hit the
0: I portal. Think he was, That's what I was going to say. And I think
1: he was um, crystal balled to go, to go to Texas. So um, he's going to have his hands full with trying to get some of these transfers back into the mix and get them back on the – Team and yeah. see how they can work with the coaches. But now,
0: Isaiah Bond hit the portal before the announcement did, of Kelly. DePort. He done it
1: before the announcement happened. So yeah,
0: yeah, he, he done it before. So, um, Josh, I was on board with Lane Kiffin. I had been saying for a couple of years. I thought Kiffin was the heir apparent. I thought they were kind of grooming him to be the heir apparent. Well, parent. and
1: for and for a while, many thought Dabu Sweeney would go back home because. There, it was, I was, more it was when a, that I never, I never, when I, never but, but when he was winning the championships, that's when they was talking about it more. I know, more. but
0: even then, I never was fully on board with the whole Dabo Sweeney thing. But I was, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I, I, I really felt like they were kind of grooming Lane Kiffin to be the heir apparent here. Um, yeah. and I thought maybe he would be, but I will have to say that out of all the coaches in the land the last two years. Outside of Saban and Jim Harbaugh, they got the best one. They did. I agree. They outside of Saban and Jim Harbaugh, they got the absolute best coach in the land. Haven't you
1: heard? Haven't you heard? Jim Harbaugh's going to the Chargers. I'm just saying oh that's the rumor going around i had I had to poke some fun at Michigan fans a little bit
0: yeah I've heard that i actually said it on this show a couple of weeks ago um, now, actually
1: week i kind of wanna i kind of want to do a final buzzer um well, I'm, Brad not done, I'm not done yet i got another one here okay. so washington
0: oh my lord like The beginning of this week, they thought they were on top of the world, had a chance at a title, might win a title. They're headed to the Big Ten. They've got their man. They've got their coach. And then all of a sudden, bam, what is going to happen where? They're headed to the Big Ten, guys. And Mm -hmm. they lost their guy like – Kevin DeBoer was going to keep them relevant in the Big Ten. I promise.
1: You know who I? You know who my first call is made to?
0: Tell me. What do you
1: think? Jed, Fitt, Jed Fish from Arizona. That's who I'm calling on the phone. You know who
0: my first call is going to be? He's right there at home. Lincoln Riley, Ryan
1: Grubb. Ryan Grubb.
0: Does anybody know who Ryan Grubb is? Just want to put yep. this out there. I know who Ryan, I know who Ryan. Does anybody know who Ryan Grubb is? He's the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Washington. He's been he's been Kalen DeBoer's right <laughs> hand man. And so, City Falls, he was there. He was there at Fresno. He was there at Washington. He's been his right hand man and ran his offense the entire time. And if I'm Kalen DeBoer right now, I'm in a war with bringing my offensive coordinator with me over him taking the head coaching job at Washington. And yeah. I'm just saying, I, I put this on here for that reason alone. They are headed to the Big Ten. And if I'm Washington, I'm throwing the bank at Ryan Grubb, And if I'm the DeBoer, I'm taking I'm I'm calling the I'm calling the Roll Tide people and saying, "Guys, you got to get my guy here." Chill. Because he's been with him and ran his offense the entire time. And
1: I can hear it now. Alabama Willie. Blitz play my blitz. Roll Tide roll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling y'all right now, if you don't know the name Ryan Grubb is his offensive coordinator and has been basically Amen. his entire time as a coach. Well, not-
1: it, it sort of reminds you of the whole Notre Dame situation with Marcus Freeman where, you know, um, Brian Kelly goes on to LSU and, and all the players wanted Marcus Freeman to um, stay at Notre yeah. Dame. So, but I feel like this is a bigger jo- – well, no, I wouldn't say that. It's not a bigger job, but. It's a it's a chance to get more relevant with them going to the Big Ten is what I'm trying to say. Um, the Pac-12, you didn't really have a lot of eyes on it um, up until late in the year. Um, what I mean, the last three or four years, it's been a it's, it's just been the, the little league that sits outside the other power five conferences. And it just don't feel, it don't doesn't feel like a big league. But now that they're moving into the Big Ten, there's going to be a lot of eyes on Washington, UCLA, and all these other teams, especially going forward with basketball and football. Well, I mean, Washington had it all figured out, guys. Like, Washington yeah. was was jumping
0: with Oregon. They had their guy. They had their winner, their coach, that was going to carry them into the Big, big Ten and, and be relevant and, and make some noise in the Big Ten. And all of a sudden, in one afternoon, that's over with. Yeah. And what if Washington can't figure something out pretty quick, I'm going to be honest with you, I think they might be in trouble moving to the Big Ten. Yeah, it's it's going to um, be tough. Now, I gave you a name. If I was them, Ryan Grubb is the guy. I would keep that offense and that school and that in that as much as of, of that staff in play as I could, mm-hmm. and I would go and offer Ryan Grubb. But I, if I'm also Kalen DeBoer, I would do everything I could do to bring my guy with me.
1: Mm-hmm. By the way, um, Robert Morris just upset Purdue Fort Wayne in the Horizon League. That's a big upset in the mid-majors tonight. Um, And I will say another thing. Dayton continues to win. They beat Duquesne on the road. Dayton's 12-2. and And I'm going to say this on basketball real quick. If everybody knows Dayton didn't get into the tournament in 2020, right, they got um, the, the coronavirus shut it down. I'm the biggest Dayton fan right now that you've ever seen, because Dayton deserves another opportunity to, to, do what they did that year, and they're doing the same thing this year in the Atlantic Ten. They're three and zero in conference play. If we're being honest, I think they're only a one big league. So yeah, yeah, um, I don't think they're. I, I'm I'm really supporting Dayton this year. Yeah, going
0: forward. All right, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and it was announced yesterday evening and it's actually a pretty big story for the first time ever the NCAA penalized a team for NIL violations and these penal these penalties are pretty significant so it came out that there was a three game suspension for a assistant coach and i thought well hell that's nothing you know but then I dug into it and I was looking at these Are these violations are not the viol- the penalties that was put forth here. And they are, there's a two-year ban with, uh, with an NIL collection. These collectives that they're doing, they can't even use a collective that they were doing at all okay and on top of that a booster that was using that collective also has a ban and they can't that booster can't do anything either for 2 years they're losing scholarships because of this they they lose 5 scholarships i think over the next 2 years like this was actually for a change, and and this was stuff that happened now. This is not stuff that happened five years ago with a different staff. The NCAA actually done something quick, decisive, and, and something that was like true penalties for the first time in years.
1: You know what I'm going to say here? You're not going to like this, and I might get um, censored over this. But that's okay because this is how I feel about the NCAA. I'm just going straight up tell you. I think they pick and choose who they want to penalize. I think so too, because
0: there are other teams that are doing some of this okay. besides just FSU. And not to
1: bring out basketball. You look at some of these transfers. Everybody's getting transferred in five, six year players, but yet they can't they can't get a you know a waiver to let Big Z play.
0: That's a problem. Well, I mean, I agree with you. NCAA has been trash, but for the first time in a long time, it is for me, it's good to see that they actually are going to tr- maybe start trying to do something. And maybe not. Maybe they're just picking on FSU. I don't know.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, because
1: with the NCAA. For, for a long time, I always thought. For a long time, I always thought they just sit in their office and just read papers all day. Like, listen, but,
0: you know, they they don't seem like FSU in football, and they sure as hell don't like Kentucky in basketball. So maybe they're just well, picking on the teams other, they don't
1: like. There's other teams they don't like either. They don't like North Carolina because you remember North Carolina got penalized that time in basketball. There's there, there's there's set there's rules for thee, but not for. Rules for me, but not for thee is what I'm trying to say. Everybody, they pick and choose who they want to pick on and choose which violations they want to go run with. And to me, that's not fair.
0: Well, I agree with you a hundred percent, John, but what I, part of what I was saying with this is this, the NCAA had gotten to a point where they were just making rulings on shit that happened in 2017. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like it would take them 5 damn years two staffs ago and then they're penalizing these schools. And it's 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 absurd. This is stuff that was relevant that was now that was current that was with this staff.
1: Well, and then That's on top like of this
0: a penalty that is that is that is correct. And I don't know that I've ever seen NCAA do that, ever. I'm 49 well, and enough, years old. Well, and and I don't nothing. know I have ever seen the NCAA levy a penalty that was actually freaking correct.
1: Well, and another thing, too, if you didn't notice it the other day, this same thing happened, and then a, a story come out about Georgia driving drunk, some of their staff members, and it took the pressure off FSU and put it on Georgia, which had happened – I think that had happened a while back, though. It did.
0: But it, 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 was. it still,
1: It still was in the news. So, Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I want to do a final buzzer here. Um All right. me, me and Brad are big NFL, <laughs> I'll put it up there. Big NFL guys. Uh, we love the NFL. And this weekend is kind of a – we got a little rivalry going. I'm a Cowboys fan. He's a Packers fan. And, He's scared. That's what it is. And, and I'm not scared. I'm not. <laughs> but I will say this. The Packers are the, Packers, the Packers only Cowboys that. in the playoffs. And we owe Mason Crosby a, a Cowboys win because of that crossbar shot. So yeah. that's basically what I wanted to say. And, and, and another thing, you don't have Aaron Rodgers now. You have Jordan Wright.
0: And you, you guys the are the game. better team. And if y'all win, I will, I will, I will, I will say, okay, y'all were the better team. But if y'all lose, I am gonna laugh my ass off.
1: You I tell you, you have,
0: it, you have it never right fails.
1: Now. It never fails. Every time Dallas loses, he finds a meme to to get me with. Oh, and you, he'll you do it. He'll do it. it again. I'm telling y'all right now, you ain't good. You ain't gonna hear the end of it on Sunday evening. No, that's a fact. Um, On top of this, I kind of wanted to go over a few games that was being played Saturday um, that we didn't go over. I'm just going to read off the games because it would be a lot easier. Um, Seton Hall plays Butler Saturday. Um, They play at noon. Um, Let me see. uh, Detroit Mercy has a game at home. 0-17 against Northern Kentucky. Can they win a game this weekend?
0: They need all the mercy that they
1: can get. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Belmont, Indiana State plays this weekend. Will be a big fun game in the mountain, in the NBC. Um, let me see here. Xavier Providence is another game in the Big East that will be fun to watch. Um, two desperate teams going at it this weekend. Arkansas goes to Florida. Um, I basically put it like this on this game. If Arkansas loses, they're not getting in the tournament. They'll be lucky to make it. They may not. Now, Florida, if Florida loses now, I could see a way for them to get in because they do have at least a couple of decent wins, which Arkansas does too. But the problem with Arkansas is they don't even look like a team.
0: No, they the Arkansas. I don't know what has happened to Arkansas. I don't know what's happened to Musselman. I'm not sure what's going on down there, but they look like I think it's a Bobby Petrino curse, is what I think.
1: I get yeah, I guess. Um LSU goes on the road to Auburn. Um Auburn's a 14-point favorite. LSU is two and in SEC play, everybody. Um, they beat Texas AM and then they beat Vanderbilt um Wednesday night. I mean, Um, when you
0: hire the guy that has the broken collar, neck, and beat up, and you hire that guy back, I mean, maybe you get what you deserve.
1: (laughs) Um, Not a lot of – there's not a real big slate this weekend, to be honest with you. There's just a few games here and there. Um, I want to say one more thing, and we'll kind of log off for the night. Um, USC lost one of their big men, Isaiah Collier. Um, I heard all offseason – Bronny James is going to save the world. Bronny James is going to save the day. Well, New Year's a good player though. He's All a good. He's a He's a good player. I'm not denying it. But Bronny James is not going to save this USC team. Um, no. They're just they're a, they're a they're a dumpster fire right now.
0: Bronny James is not six foot eight, two hundred and sixty pounds. He's not
1: okay. And and one more add to the college basketball thing. Um, Gonzaga is not Gonzaga this year. No, they're um, not either. Yeah, they lost last night to yeah. um Santa Clara. Um Gonzaga hey, might not even win them out the the the,
0: the West Gonzaga, Gonzaga might not make the NCAA tournament. They might have to win speaking, the West Coast speaking of Gonzaga. NBA. They will not be in the AP poll for the first time in like hundred and forty four weeks or
1: something. You wonder. you wonder if JB Ricks is gonna, gonna put Texas at number one this week. <laughs> I had a joke about it with a bunch of the guys. There's a bunch of it uh, in the group chat, college basketball. Yeah. Somebody said, wonder where J.B. Ricks, the AP voter, is going to have all of his teams lined up this year. I said, "Gonzaga is going to be at number two, and Texas is going to be at number one. But all joking aside, <laughs> that's not part I don't like. A lot of these guys don't watch basketball. Like A lot of them don't even watch the game. They just see the scores, and they yeah. just start ranking teams like I feel like you should have a privilege. That's a privilege to even do. And it should be used a little bit better, but yeah, this is true. That's, that's my little rant on it, but all right, guys.
0: Uh that has been our final buzzer. This has been a special Friday night edition. And I'm not so sure. I kind of like doing it on Friday night because the Who, Saturday games got the score, the
1: line. Who's the 49? Who's the 49ers? I don't no, know the 49ers.
0: I don't like them either, so my two teams are the Packers and the Rams, and they both snuck in. And <laughs> Jerry's I, late later. <laughs> and I'd like, later. And I'd like to see them both. Oh, ra- I think Jerry. you're talking about the NFL for a minute. I think it's a really intriguing story to have Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit to yeah. play. I think that's a really intriguing story this weekend. Um, and one that I'm actually – I'm just as much interested in that story as the Packers and Cowboys. I'm really – McCarthy, and I really don't feel that great about the game, but
1: I will talk some smack. <laughs> Jerry says, you might find out again, John, who the 49ers are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Jerry. I love you, Jerry. Um, it's been great tonight. We had a bunch of new – um people on we yeah we had know, we, we had, had several we had people 30, we had 30 viewers at one point tonight
0: yeah we had several people with us so yeah we had we had yeah. a lot of people on tonight so we appreciate you getting,
1: well and you covering co- women's college basketball now there's a lot yeah. more eyes on everything and we
0: are you know that's, so that's a good we're thing we're growing oh, yeah. I got another you. thing
1: I got another thing um uh, the twenty first of January we will have Kentucky Insider Editor um, Tristan Farris from this. I think it – what is it? K, is he from KSR? No, no, he's not KSR, I
0: don't think. He's from Blue. On.
1: Huh? He's from Sea of Blue, right? Yeah. See Blue. Yeah, Tris- uh, Tristan he'll, is- he'll be on with us the 21st. I won't be here. Um, that I think that's on a Sunday. Brad will be doing that. So that'll yeah. be interesting to to talk with him about how this Kentucky team is evolving with the freshmen. So um, that'll be something that we can look forward to coming up. And coming up in February, we're going to have a bunch of bracketologists come on with us um, for different weeks to, to break down the brackets. I got, I got a couple
0: are. of NFL draft guys coming up too the end of February in February and in March. We're yeah, going to so. like you know, So we got some stuff coming up i've got a couple nfl draft guys to 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 go over nfl draft stuff with us so we got a bunch of stuff happening um i'm doing the the basketball women's college basketball women's kentucky basketball stuff now so i may have to adjust some of these shows because they usually play like on thursday and sundays and my shows are thursday and sundays so Whenever they have a home game, I may have to adjust. Well, the thing thing is,
1: we might have to start doing it on Friday nights, which might not be a bad thing.
0: Right. So uh, this Friday night thing, we might start doing our game day pickums on Friday night, especially since college football is over with now, anyway. Well,
1: and two, um, the Thursday slates and stuff is not. There's not quite. There's not a lot to choose. Like you get the Arizonas, the Gonzagas. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of great – a, a lot of the Thursday games, I tell people that everybody complains about the Power Five not playing a lot of games on Thursdays. But a lot of those games are meant for the mid-majors because they get their week or they get to show out on the national stage and they get a lot of chances to, to prove that they belong. So um, that's a lot of the reason why there's not many games on Thursdays in the Power Five.
0: Yeah, so, so we
1: appreciate you guys being with us. It's kind
0: of run a little long tonight, but we did have a whole lot to talk about with Saban and Kellen, uh, DeBoer, and and the games that we picked and stuff. And thanks, Josh. Give you guys some great. Appreciate coverage. It, Josh. We appreciate, we appreciate you, you everybody. Kept Brad,
1: you kept Brad off 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 track. You're going to have to stop it now.
0: <laughs> yeah, he had me laughing a couple of times. Josh did. So Josh is a good I guy. I appreciate it. We will see you on Sunday at 3 o'clock for our weekend wrap-up show this week. Y'all have a good one.